Hello, this is Justin McElroy, America's favorite son of podcasting. I just want to let you know that we recorded this episode live in Atlanta, and there's a weird audio issue where there's a, when things get a little bit loud, there's a popping noise, and it is kind of annoying, but we didn't want to deny you this episode, so uh, we hope you can still enjoy it, and we'll be back with you pop-free next week. Bye. Sawbones is a show about medical history. And nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three. that whole dance backstage and you just let me do my half hello everybody and welcome to sawbones a marital tour of misguided medicine i'm your co-host justin mcelroy and i'm sydney mcelroy it's fine i fit fi- i figured this one out it's fine we're married, so legally half of that was mine. <laughs> so you see. Well, well, but then half of yours was mine. Okay, so- all right, doctor accountant. <laughs> Didn't realize you were a doctor of maths. Hey. Hey, it's great to be back. Yes, yes. The beautiful Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Once again, uh, I I lived in Georgia. Yes, we forgot for to tell you that last very, time. Yeah, very short for like five years. That's not short in the grand scheme of things. Well, I was Our really child little. was four, so <laughs> I was really little. But I mean, I basically I lived in Waycross, Georgia. All okay, right. I told you. I told you somebody would be from Waycross. Somebody I said, "I'm sorry." <laughs> Waycross rules. I've heard a lot of great stories about it. <laughs> there was a swamp. It was cool. <laughs> and other great things. Some people here live in Waycross. There's no, other great I things like about Waycross. <laughs> it was great. I mean, I was like like four to nine. So, I mean, I don't remember a lot, but I loved it. It was good. No, I always wondered if it was named that because it's like Waycro- Waycross. Like, you know, Waycross. It's Waycross, Georgia. Because it's Way. It is a cross. I don't know. Everybody, no, I have pull many up Google happy Maps memories. if you can. It's <laughs> maps.google.com. And uh, so, what are we talking about tonight, Sid? Well, I, I always try to find for our live shows. I always try to find something that will connect to where we are. And we have we've done shows here before, so like, yes. there's only so many things we've we talked did. About. Uh, soda. Yeah, we talked about right? Coke. Yes, we celebrated Coke. We. <laughs> And not Brad's drink. Not that's, Brad's drink. Boo, Brad's drink. Um, we we talked about the CDC. So um, I had to had to you know find something that would be connected to Georgia, 
but it took me a while to get there. And so we're going to start off talking about ether. <laughs> Somebody some, here some ether is fans. a huge fan of ether. There was an audible, yes! <laughs> Finally, ether! D Justin, do you know what ether is? When your MP is low. <laughs> I, I don't. My people. I know. My Everybody people. Gets That's what the me. MP stands for, my people. <laughs> uh, it refills your mana. <laughs> It's for your mana, Sid. So, no. It's, a it's actually a class of organic compounds. You excited now? <laughs> it's if you have an oxygen atom and it's connected to two alkyl groups or two R groups. There's 2,700 people here. <laughs> what we call ether is usually diethyl ether. That's, that's what we, re when we talk about ether, that's usually what we're referring to. <laughs> that's C2H5 with a two and then an O <laughs> is the chemical formula. Just in case you want to know. <laughs> you know, we encourage kids to get into STEM, but we don't really think about the repercussions, do we? <laughs> this is what happens, folks, is the outcome. It's neat. Okay, continue. Okay. The name comes from the Greek for upper air, because we also talk about like the ether, right? Like the, the poetic ether. That's not the science. Um, and <laughs> what, we, what we think of as ether, diethyl ether, we're talking about what we used to use for a long time for anesthesia. We don't use it so much today, although it is used sometimes, but this is where it, it intersects with medicine. Now, if you were to come into contact with ether, it's a liquid. It's a colorless liquid. It's very flammable, so be very careful. Um, but it also smells nice. You, you're kind of creating a honeypot right now, Smurl. You realize that? <laughs> kind of a trap for me. Like, highly flammable, smells good. Do want to check it out. Also, as we, so we, we discovered ether all the way back in 1275, but we figured out that it could get us kind of messed up. Yes. <laughs> in the 1500s, uh, our buddy Paracelsus was actually one of the first ones who figured out that I, this ether stuff. It, now, Paracelsus, real quick, is he the one that uh, people can go to McElroyMerch.com? <laughs> and get a t-shirt with his visage on it right uh -huh. now that says I'm different, let this not upset you. You can mm -hmm. just buy that now. That's right. It's That's shipping right. now. There's MacquarieMerch.com. <laughs> that was good. That's that was one. very smooth. Yeah, thanks. I just, right in there. you'll never notice it. Uh, he said, he called it uh, sweet vitriol. And he talked about ether. He said, it quiets all suffering without any harm and relieves all pain, quenches all fevers, and prevents complications in all diseases. It doesn't do that. <laughs> but what he was noticing is what people started to figure out pretty quickly is that it kind of gets you high or kind of drunk, somewhere in between, but people liked that. Now, he noted that in chickens. He never thought to, to really apply that to humans. He just noticed that chickens were high, I guess. He 
on either. He knew that the chickens had had their suffering quieted. <laughs> that dude was very in tune with chickens, eh? He just loved chickens. Uh, and if you, so, so you know, if you drink ether, because you can, I mean, I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying can. You, you can drink anything, it. Sid. I mean, <laughs> it's fair. You can, there's, should drink there's ether. There's a point like, to not be bad. No. I mean, it will, so similarly to alcohol. <laughs> I'm like ordering it, will, it on eBay right no, now. You have to legally no, tell no, me. Don't do that. Don't okay. do that. It will get you kind of drunk, but also it will make you hallucinate some and feel a lot of euphoria. Yes. So it's Good. a pretty, yes. it's an intense narcotic, I would say. I've no, I mean, I've never, I don't, I don't know. But that is my understanding. I think it's in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I think they talk about it. Like the ether, like he names like a big list of drugs. And at the end he's like, but the ether is the thing you really got to watch out for. Because that'll really mess you up. Okay. So this is ether. Um, it, you can drink it. Is it dangerous? Yes. It's very, it's very volatile. So I, I was reading, like, what can it do? What well, can cause hiccups? Oh, well, okay. So I got some hiccups. It can also rupture your stomach. <laughs> and it, it boils. It becomes, so it's going to be, it's a liquid, but it's going to become a gas at 95 degrees Fahrenheit. So in your bodies, it's a gas. Like, it happens. Whoa. If you're above that. That seems less than ideal. Hopefully. So, so it's already a gas inside you. It was very popular in the 1800s because as the temperance movement started to take over and everybody was like, oh, alcohol is really evil. I shouldn't drink alcohol. I'll drink ether <laughs> instead. So there were certain, especially certain parts of the world, in Ireland it became very popular. Like there was one point, like by 1890, about 17,000 gallons of ether was being <laughs> drunk each year. People were really into ether. Um, there were parts of like Poland where it was very popular and you could mix it in different ways. So people would drink it with just a little bit of water if they just wanted it straight, just like some ether and water. Um, you could mix it with some like sugar and cinnamon and cloves. And it was enjoyed by like all classes. Like miners would take it with their coffee That's into nice. the mines, which actually became a huge problem after a while because there were all these miners who were really messed up on ether who were mining. Um, and then among the upper classes, they would do, like there was one cocktail that I found that was like, you take a strawberry and you cut it and then you put some drops of ether in your strawberry and then you drop it in champagne and you drink it and go on a fun trip with your fancy buddies uh, with we, ether. Do you, I almost never feel this way on the bones, but I f you ever feel like we missed all the good stuff? <laughs> It's like, don't you miss being able to be like, plop, and then someone's like, Jeremiah, is that bad for you? And you can look at them and they say, I have no way of knowing. <laughs> it's 18 whatever, who knows? <laughs> anyway. Someday they'll talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> What's a podcast? <laughs> who cares? I'm Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Did he say that? This is the room where it happens. <laughs> uh, so, um, it was actually, it was sold in pubs. Like, you go up and order a beer or a glass of ether, a pint of ether. Can you imagine that? 
Um, and then you could also inhale it, of course. So like people were drinking it, but you could inhale it, which it will work much faster if you inhale ether, but then it goes away faster too. So I don't know. With very <laughs> few exceptions so far, this feels like Sydney and I are doing an infomercial for the fact that we're bringing back ether. <laughs> like, and then look it, under your chairs because <laughs> it's back. You get ether and you, you get, get ether and you, you get, get ether. ether. <laughs> I saw a few of you look under your chairs. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's great because it's going to get to medicine, I promise. But the, what I love about it is the idea that we, we found this thing and we were like, oh, this feels so good. I want it to be medicine. Let's make it medicine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that such, should be, that's, that's so the alternate human. title of Sawbones. I want it to be medicine. <laughs> That's so human. We do that, right? We're like, I love beer. It's got to be good for me, right? I'm going to find a study that says it's yeah. good. Coffee's good now, right? Dark Coffee's good. I love. It's, it's got to be good for me. So uh, I, th I love this quote. Oliver Wendell Holmes was a big fan of using ether. And he gave this big speech at Harvard at a graduation. And what he said about ether was, the mighty music of the triumphal march into nothingness reverberated through my brain and filled me with a sense of infinite possibilities, which made me an archangel for the moment. <laughs> the veil of eternity was lifted. The one great truth which underlies all human experience and is the key to all the mysteries that philosophy has sought in vain to solve flashed upon me in a sudden revelation. So if you go to kickstarter.com <laughs> forward slash ether2. So as everybody was enjoying ether, it was a natural fit for people who made patent medicines. So medicines that weren't really medicines, but people sold and pretend like they were medicines because we didn't have rules back then. So you could just say, this is medicine. It's got some alcohol or some ether or some marijuana or some heroin. I don't know, whatever. It'll make you feel good. People got on that ether train and started selling Hoffman's drops, which were one part ether to three parts alcohol. <laughs> and initially, like everything, were marketed for menstrual cramps. They were like, here, just take this. You'll be fine here. This is all through medical history, right? Sorry. <laughs> but they were so popular that people started using them for everything. They were like, well, I want some of those Hoffman's drops. You seem to feel great. Um, so I want some too. And that was the same with Dr. Kelly's Remedy, which was, it was just ether. It was just, here's some ether. Uh, but they were incredibly popular medicines for whatever ailed you. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that... no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to... Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as... The palette, the palette of a web design artist, but you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the 
easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, And the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. And as its recreational use grew, its medicinal use was growing too, and people were trying to find new ways to use it. And as doctors started to realize that um, the volatility of it, so it could very easily go from liquid to gas form, it could maybe be helpful for stuff that was wrong with your lungs. I don't know, because now it's a gas. That's as far as I can figure the reasoning went. Like, well, now it's a gas. You can inhale that. So let's use it for asthma. Let's use it for colds. Let's use it for a cough, for pertussis, for whatever. If it's wrong with your lungs, we'll probably use ether for it. And so it became a really popular cure-all for a while. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm already on board. I was already taking it, a lot of it, heaps of the stuff. But now that it'll fix my pertussis, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I promise I'm going to get to where it connects to Georgia. We're about to get there. So the rest of the world was, was just partying high on ether. The U.S. was kind of slow to catch up with this. For a while, the, it really wasn't being used recreationally the way it was everywhere else. Um, but there were a few places in the U.S. where it started to be very popular, specifically in the South. And among, like, elite socialites, it was very popular. And among the academic elites, it became very popular to, instead of getting drunk, have these ether parties or ether frolics, as they came to be known. 
and especially among medical students. It was, it was, you had a long week of studying and you had exams and you were just worn out and so they would all go on an ether frolic <laughs> where you would just drink some ether or inhale some ether and it was the same as like getting drunk with your buddies except everybody was, you know, drinking ether. And this is where we enter Dr. Crawford Long. <laughs> Who has He's here tonight, that's so cool. <laughs> Dr. Crawford Long, as you may have already guessed, is, was from Georgia. He was born in Danielsville, Georgia in 1815. Uh, <laughs> Daniel's here. <laughs> Love your Ville, dude. <laughs> he went to the University of Georgia, which was then known as Franklin College, at the age of 14. And uh, he- <laughs> Okay, we're just gonna breeze on past that, huh? I mean, I don't think that was as uncommon. Okay, he doogied. <laughs> he doogied. Uh, and then he went to study um, under a Dr. Grant of Jefferson, Georgia. He went and learned medicine under him. He went, anyway, he studied other places that aren't Georgia. You probably don't care about that. But then he came back. <laughs> he came back to Jefferson and he started, he basically bought the practice from his mentor and started working as a physician there. He was also, by the way, Doc Holliday's cousin, which is always just like, Mentioned as a side note, which I find very cool. Like Doc Holliday. Yeah, the Doc Holliday. The Doc Holliday. This was his cousin. Um, I don't think he was as good at cards. I don't know. <laughs> so Dr. Long observed the medical students. As far as I can tell, he did not participate. I, I have uh, no evidence that he participated. You got to love that guy at the Ether Frog, huh? <laughs> oh, you all seem to be having a fine time. Don't mind me. I'll be in the corner taking copious notes. But please enjoy your frolic. I'm fine. I've got a tonic water. That's, this dude. You, you don't know this, but Justin right now, is, this is my grandpa Dan. That's what he's doing. It's not, I mean, I just have the one... Voice it's for my that grandpa type. Dan. Your grandpa Dan fits into an archetype that I <laughs> Justin who is, who explained. Who is technically from Alabama, I will just say. Justin, <laughs> Justin, explain to me what the cloud is. <laughs> You're right. Okay, that is grandpa Dan. Sorry. <laughs> so Dr. Long was at an ether frolic and he was watching all these med students party and he noticed that a lot of them in addition to tripping, were also actually tripping and falling and hurting themselves, but didn't seem that upset about it. They were falling down a lot and then jumping right back up and ha-ha, laughing, and they had cuts and bruises and nobody seemed to notice. And he thought, maybe there's something in this that makes you resistant to pain. Right? Yeah, the ether, <laughs> what? So, so he decided to check his theory out. So. He had a patient, James Venable, who had a big cyst in his neck and he wanted Dr. Long to remove it. And so he decided, I'm gonna try to give you some of this ether before we remove this cyst and see if, because surgery up till then, and we've, we've talked about this before and you probably could guess, surgery without anesthesia was horrible. It was very painful and very fast out of necessity because it was so painful. And a lot of patients just couldn't make it through the awful procedure. And so there were a lot of 
you know, smart doctors working on the idea of how can we make surgery less painful. So he thought, well, maybe I'll give him some ether and then we'll see how it works. So on March 30th, 1842, he removed the cyst from Venable's neck and he used ether while he did it. And after it was all over, he said, how are you? And he went, I'm fine. I didn't feel anything. I feel great. <laughs> I've been hallucinating this entire time. <laughs> by chance, have any more of that ether? <laughs> I am gaga for this stuff. Now, this is a huge breakthrough. And he should have gotten a ton of attention for this. But he didn't because he didn't publish it. Because he was very careful. And he said, you know, I think this worked. But I want to try it maybe a few hundred more times. I'm going to be very patient with this. Um, and I'm just going to wait and see. Maybe somebody else is using it. I'll, I'll start asking around. Because I don't want to start saying it works unless I'm really sure that it works. So he kind of sat on his hands. And he kept doing surgeries with ether and they were successful but he kept waiting to publish and that is a big mistake as anybody in the science world knows if you've come up with a big breakthrough you should probably jump on that because what happens if you don't well a dentist does it first <laughs> so a dentist dr william morton had also been experimenting with the idea that maybe ether could be used as an anesthetic and he had used it a few times during some tooth extractions and had had some success. So he had urged a surgeon friend of his, Dr. John Warren, to try it. Let's do it during a surgery. A tooth extraction is one thing. Let's do it when we're cutting somebody open and see if it really works. And so Dr. Warren agreed. And on October 16th, 1846, so much later, Dr. Warren used ether to anesthetize Edward Gilbert Abbott who also had a tumor in his neck, a lot of neck surgeries here. But he did this at Massachusetts General Hospital. And after, there's big fans here. And after he did that, he said, hey, was there any pain? And the patient was like, nah, it was fine. And he said, gentlemen, this is no humbug. Ether's the way to go. And he published and became a huge sensation because he was the one who published it. And after that, there was this huge battle to decide who came up with either first because he published this and then like two other doctors were like, wait, no, uh, Dr. Charles Jackson, Dr. Horace Wells were like, no, I published, no, I, I did this first. And then that's finally when Dr. Crawford Long was like, well, actually, <laughs> I did this several years ago. And so what ensued, what was known, was known as the ether wars. <laughs> Georgie Lucas is back. That's it. That's it? That's all you got? They kind of filled in the rest. Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's doing anything worse. Not Star Wars anymore. <laughs> you get it. But what happened is that Massachusetts got a lot of the credit because they did, as soon as they published, they started doing, they did tons of surgeries there uh, using ether because they had this operating theater that became known as the Ether Dome. <laughs> Mad Max is back. And it <laughs> And, and so they started doing tons of surgeries there, and it, it kind of got, like, it got the lead of, you know, everybody agreed, like, this is the place. This is where Ether started. This was the guy who came up with it. This dentist invented it, and this surgeon did it, and this is why we have Ether today. They actually, they did a recreation of that surgery in the year 2000, where they had a bunch of, like, actual surgeons in period costumes. <laughs> In the operating theater there at Mass Gen, like, and a guy with a fake tumor made out of, like, latex on his neck. 
and like recreating and taking pictures like look my god we were first watching people take ether and larping (laughs) surgery do you all know how to party or what so Poor Dr. Long, by the time he actually published in 1849 his, an account of the first use of sulfuric ether by inhalation as an anesthetic, it was too late. Everybody else was jumping on it too. And so it, it took him a long time to get any notice for that. He kind of gave up on that. I mean, he kept using ether, but as far as getting the credit for it, because like Congress was giving like a $200,000 prize to whichever of these doctors could say like, no, I came up with it first. And he finally just threw up his hands and said, you know what, I'll just go back to practicing. So he went to Athens and he practiced medicine in Athens. Um, And he did, actually, he probably was one of the first doctors to use ether during childbirth. For like like the pain of labor. He was probably one of the first doctors to say like, are you hurting here? This might help. Um, Because he delivered a lot of babies. Uh, And so he did that. He, He did join the Confederate Army. Ah, I know here it's kind of like mixed. (laughs) Where we come from, that's not great. (laughs) But I understand a lot of hurt feelings. (laughs) No, that's obviously not. not. We're from West Virginia, so we kind of like, we kind of like double seceded. We seceded from your secession, so. All right, so it's kind of like who seceded first. We're not going to get into it. <laughs> Don't worry, though. It was like the, the last great thing we really did. Since then, we've been like digging up fossil fuels and um, voting for rich New Yorkers who duped us, so, you know. Billy Crystal went to Marshall for a year and played <laughs> softball. Anyway. <laughs> Eventually, Long did get some credit for, because he did, he came up with this, this discovery ether. He probably really was the first doctor to use it successfully. Um, and eventually he got credit for that and was recognized. And we know that because he got like a, there's a county named after him, correct? Long County? I'm not making that up. In your state, Georgia? <laughs> I believe he got a county, he got a stamp, he got a hospital, he got like a statue. There's a museum in Jefferson. If you want to visit, it's $5 for adults. It's three if you're an anesthesiologist, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> so check that out. Finally, getting them a break. <laughs> Money's tight for the, those cats. $2 is going to stretch. And, and according to his website, he is known as the father of painless surgery or the father of modern anesthesiology, according to his website. So, so he eventually got his due. And according to his website? According to his website. No, th- but this is what I found most intriguing. So the day he did that surgery, March 30th, is Doctor's Day, which I know because every March 30th, the hospital I work at gives me a gift certificate to a local restaurant for like $25. Nice. So I know. Applebee's, I know that. here we come. That's in honor of this of Dr. Crawford Long and his ether and his neck cyst, not tumor. That was the other guy. Do we um, do we still use ether? Very rarely. Ether is rarely used today because the flammability was a big issue. Big problem, as you can imagine. And so we found things that weren't so flammable 
to use. Um, it is still used in places where like resources are limited. Sometimes using ether appropriately is a really good skill to have. So you will still, fi still find it used throughout the world, but most of the time, no. Um, it is still used recreationally. <laughs> Um, specifically, I found this recipe among a specific group of people who live in like parts of the Ukraine <laughs> where they mix, uh, they, they pour some ether over milk with sugar and orange juice in a shot glass and then you drink it. <laughs> so you would say you're probably on well, one, two, three, four, five, every <laughs> list the FBI has at this point, probably like illegal ether cocktails, <laughs> Ukraine. Searching. And I'm looking like recreational uses of ether, ether cocktails. <laughs> reasonably priced ether on eBay. <laughs> ether for fun. <laughs> um, I feel bad because you brought your whole beer out here and you've barely been able to. Let me, let me, I'll, I'll vamp for the end. That's the end of the episode. We've thank just you got so, a few seconds. Well, thank you so much for coming. Cobb Energy Center for the Performing Arts. Maybe. Uh, Atlanta, thank you for having us. Uh, we will be back after a brief intermission with my brother. My brother, make sure you submit your questions. Thank you to the taxpayers for the use of our song, Medicines, as the intro and outro of our program. Sydney, do you have any special thanks? Thank you. Thank to, you. To you, Georgia, Atlanta, um, thank you. Thank you for having us back. I don't know uh, if there are any left in the lobby. We got some promotional cards for our book that's coming out October 9th. Uh, you can pre-order it now by going to bit.ly forward slash the Sawbones book. And if everybody in this room would just buy six or seven, <laughs> it would be just a big, it would be a big hit. Uh, that is going to do it for us, folks. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.